Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, business growth pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. My name is Andrew Frazier, the Business Growth Pro and CFO. Tonight, just like every Tuesday night, we take some time out to talk with business owners, business leaders, business experts to really share useful knowledge and valuable information that can help you as entrepreneurs and business owners be more successful at what you do. Tonight, our topic is levering organizations to grow your business. And my guest is Luis De La Hose. And uh, we're going to have a great chat about the new CARES Act programs and financing and grants are starting to be available. So we're going to talk about that as well, because that's key for entrepreneurs and small business owners and minority and women business owners. So welcome, Luis. Thanks. for Thank you me. very much. Happy to be here. It's an honor, a pleasure to be here tonight, just sharing our own journey and the experience as a business owner myself and as a, a financial a leader, um, access to capital is still the most important need for our minority or small business owners. And, you know, we have been facing this for a long time. Uh, the biggest problems are access to capital, access to new markets, access to networks. And uh, since the pandemic, the digital gap, those are the most difficult problems that we face. But um, we are here to to share some experiences. Okay, great, great. Now I know you've you know done a lot of great things. We got a lot of things to talk about. Before we get started, um, you know we know each other a little bit, but not everybody um, who's joining us knows you. So can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you are? Yes, I came from Colombia in 2004. You know, remember that those between 2002 and 2008 was the wonder years, you know, and in 2005, I was able to start my own business. Uh, I went through a bank. I asked for 40000 They offered me 37500 in like five minutes. And they look at me and say, do you want? This is the only thing that I, we can offer. They say, of course I want it. And that was like a really easy transaction. But when the financial crisis hit in 2008, 9, um, I went back to Colombia because, you know, 
in Colombia, you need to prove that you don't need the money in order for you to qualify. And I was familiar with everything that happened after the crisis. And I saw people like complaining about, and I say, no, 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 this is normal. The, you know, it's not necessary here in the US, but this happened in Latin America all the time. And uh, I remember that I was on my business on a Sunday and I used to get the newspaper and I saw an article about the Intersect Fund and, and everything that they was doing for the community. And I went there and I say, hey, do you offer these services for the Hispanic market? And they say, no. Do you have interest? They say, no. I say, okay. And I went back to my business. But when the census that was in 2010 was released, they called me back and say, hey, you make a point. The Hispanic market in New Brunswick is, is really big. We really want to uh, uh, consider that market, but we, didn't, we don't have money to pay you. I say, no, but I didn't came asking for money. I can work as a volunteer. I do believe that you have a service that can benefit our community. And I start as a volunteer. They saw that I process like the first month, I processed like 120 applications. And they call me and say, no, 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 we cannot process that many. But, you know, because I was at the right place at the right time where everybody was trying to build their credit, trying to access not a lot of money. The maximum loan was, I believe, initially was up to $3,000. But post the financial crisis, $3,000 was a lot, right? And the idea was not the amount of money, but the volume of loans that we was able to, to offer. And one thing that happened is the people that I helped back then, they build their credit, they build their business. Now they can come to a financial institution and ask for a loan, like 100,000 or 200 or 500, you know, but took some years to develop that because everything started like 10 years ago. Okay. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, no, I didn't, I didn't realize that you had volunteered to do that, but um, it doesn't surprise me because you, you, you volunteer a lot and really help a lot of people through the chamber. So Yes, and they offered me to volunteer at the Rising Tide. And when I, wa when I went there, I said, hey, when are you planning on teaching this class in Spanish? And, and now half of the people who graduate from the class speak Spanish. You know, um, I... I remember uh, I started the Hispanic Business Expo and the second year, Carlos came and he saw the expo and he looked at me and said, why are you helping a non-Hispanic chamber? Why you are not helping me? He said, no, I came here to the chamber three times. I told them that do something in Middlesex because you know I was tired to driving to Patterson and Passaic and Hackensack every time that the chamber used to do an event. And I started the Hispanic Business Expo here in Middlesex. And last year we celebrated our 10th anniversary. And yes. And, but I, when I came here, I didn't know many people. You know, I didn't have friends from high school, from college, from, I didn't have a network. And that was something that made a big impact on, on my professional life. When I was able to develop and uh, practice the art of networking and you know when you are able to prove results like people can uh, argue about how you do things you know the way that you get things on the your accent wherever 
nobody can view the results. And when you have results to prove, people usually like to support you. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the new programs that are available and, um, and what you need to know to have a better feel for if you're eligible for um, any of the new programs that are coming out. So we're going to do that in just a minute. Before that, I just want to introduce the Small Business Pro University. My um, Small Business Pro University is um, really produces this and we produce other content for entrepreneurs and business owners. So I'm going to show you a quick video and then we'll get back to talking about um, financing and options for you through the CARES Act. Do you own your business or does it own you? Are you having cash flow issues or do you need financing? Is your business growing and are you making enough money? As a business owner, there are so many things you need to know to become more successful. You must continually increase your knowledge, even though it is difficult to find a comprehensive quality source of information that is readily available. Hello, my name is Andrew Frazier, the business growth pro and CFO. I empower business owners to maximize the value of their companies by growing revenue, increasing profit, and obtaining financing. I've worked with over 500 business owners one-on-one -on -one and have taught thousands of people about business. I'm the author of Running Your Small Business Like a Pro. The more you know, the faster you grow. I created the Small Business Pro University for you and collaborated with other experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who are experts in their respective fields. Whether your challenges are in marketing, finance, operations, or strategy, we've got you covered. Small Business Pro University has self-paced, dynamic, multimedia learning experiences created by more than 20 instructors who are business owners just like you. Some of the courses are even in Spanish and new ones are being added all the time. Each course is clear, concise, and focused because we respect your busy schedule. Small Business Pro University will empower you to become a masterpreneur by learning the secrets to creating a successful enterprise to go from working in your business to working on your business. He's provided me with valuable feedback. Uh, I gotta say, I'm glad I trusted you with your plan because- Words that you've said to me, I say them to myself all the time. And uh, you know, Andrew breaks it down in a very understandable way. Become a Masterpreneur Club member. Take advantage of our strategic coaching program or just simply choose the courses that you need. Please feel free to sample our offerings at www.sbprou.com. Test drive one of our free courses to experience the benefits. We will empower you to thrive and not just survive and make more money in any business environment. Welcome back to Leadership Live at 805. Tonight, our guest is Luis De La Hose. Hey, Luis, welcome back. Thank you. Okay, great. So today we wanted, we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the CARES Act and the new PPP program. Um, mm -hmm. You want to just say give a quick overview of what it is, and then we can talk back and forth about some of the details? Yes. Uh, talking about the, the CARES Act is 
the government just launched a new uh, round of PPP and they want to make emphasis in minority small business owners. It's $20 billion that are focused on help minority-owned businesses, veterans, African-Americans, Hispanic, you know, uh, any minorities. And they are also focused on businesses that are located in low and moderate income uh, neighborhoods, which is important because remember immigrants, we are 30% of the population, but we hold almost 50% of the main street businesses in New Jersey. I believe that the best way that minorities we have to overcome poverty is through entrepreneurship because we have five more times to save money if we start a business versus if we find a job. Um, but it's really important for people to understand that even if they didn't qualify or they didn't apply before, they have the opportunity to apply now. Many businesses that we know, they didn't apply because they, they realized that they didn't have a payroll. But if they claim profit on a Schedule C, they will be able to qualify. Not necessarily for the amount that they are dreaming of, but they will make qualify for some money. And remember, if they use it for the right, right purpose, they don't need to repay that money. That's the importance of the PPP okay. that is focused on, on um, protect payroll or paycheck. Basically, the government designed this program in order for them that the people don't go to collect unemployment and they still work. Uh, but as I say, it's important for many of our, our you know, contractors, a lot of people that work through a 1099. If they file their taxes using a Schedule C, which is the, the most common form, but other forms are also available, and they claim profit, that profit will become the, the, the income for the business owner, and that way they can go and request 2.5 of the average monthly payroll, or if they are a restaurant or they are a, 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 in the hospitality and the NACIS code is 72, that would be 3.5. That means if you own a restaurant and you receive two and a half last time, if your income in 2020 was reduced by at least 25% in one quarter, if you compare the same quarter of 2020 versus the quarter of 2019, um, you will qualify for a second round, but you will qualify for 3.5 instead of 2.5. Okay, so that's great. You, you mentioned a couple key points, so let me just reiterate. Um, yes. You know, one key thing you said is, even if you didn't get the PPP the first time, you have the ability to get it the second time, correct? Yes, yes, because we have two people. One, a group of people that they went to apply and they asked, hey, what is the requirement? And most of the financial institutions told them, you need to have payroll. And you know, remember that people need to understand that this was a program that's, that's what, like, that was baptized by fire because the program was created and implemented in that short period of time to the point that we didn't know what we was doing the first round and the money ran out like really quick. Now they put more money 
out there. And that's what when we realized that even if you didn't have payroll, you can qualify, right? But at that time, people didn't apply. Another group of people was people that uh, they, they realized that at that time they didn't need the money. And they say, you know, I don't need it. I don't want to use it. I don't want to apply. This can become a loan or whatever. And for many reasons, they didn't apply. But when October and November, you know, because nobody was expecting that the pandemic was last for that long, right? October and November, they say, you know what? If I apply for that money, it will be in a better shape, right? And remember, this is a, a marathon. This is not a sprint. And you need to be in a better shape than your fellow competitors in order for you to survive. For that reason, if you didn't apply the first time, and if you are a minority, just call your financial institution and say, hey, are you participating in this round? The answer could be yes or no. And if it's no, you just need to find an entity that um, uh, will be open to consider new customers for this second round. Okay. Many people will think that this is the third round, but it was actually it's the second round. What happened is the first round have two steps, like two, two rounds in this, the first round. But if someone called the third round, it's okay. The most important thing is that you approach the financial institution and you figure it out on your own if you will qualify or not. Okay. The best way to do it is check if you file a Schedule C, if on the line 29 of the Schedule C, your number is positive. If you claim losses, it's nothing that you can protect. But if you claim profit, now is an opportunity for you to participate. Okay. No, that's great. Um, you know, one thing you mentioned, um, you want to get, you, there's also ways that you can get help with this for free. Um, yes. So, because it can be a little bit daunting for people. And mm -hmm. the New Jersey EDA has four organizations that, um, that actually will um, provide you counseling one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. about, you know, helping you know what you're eligible for and how to apply for it. Um, to make sure that, you know, small businesses get their share because, um, you know, it can be confusing. It can be scary. Um, yes. Those four, four organizations, I do, I, work, I do that work with Rising Tide Capital, but you also, mm -hmm. the Hispanic Chamber does that, right? Yes, and the African-American and the Veteran Chamber, they also yeah. do that. I mean, I, I really want to highlight the work of the EDA because... That was the only non-for-profit that, and CDFI basically, that really surprised me because they usually do 500 loans a year and they did 50,000 in, in 2019, in 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, that's basically what we expect from non-for-profit that are able to scale to that point. I'm, you know, I came from non-for-profit and I always focus on a scale because I know that people, not everybody need 100,000, but it's a lot of people that with $5,000 can make the difference between keeping their doors open or closing their doors. And for that reason, I just wanna highlight their efforts. And they did work with non-for-profits and uh, entities that help people to access 
It, they even provide assistance to uh, help people to put together the financial documents in order for them to apply to other programs, but also to apply. And I believe we help over 300 people at the Statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce just to apply for the PPP program. But I believe that we did that like over a thousand people because we did three phases of the ADA and we did uh, one phase with the NJRA plus uh, Passaic and Essex that they offer rent assistance. And after that, a couple of cities like Newark offer a couple of grants and we help a lot of people to apply for those grants. Okay, no, that's great. And yeah, the EDA definitely, you know, has been a leader for the yes. state. Um, and really, you know, remembering that there's small business out there and that they need help. Um, and so. they include one, something that, that made me really happy. They include mm -hmm. micro businesses. Remember yes. that 92% of the businesses in the U.S. are micro businesses. If one of every three hire one more person, we will face full employment. That's the power of micro businesses. And when I saw that they open a, a, on the round three, mm -hmm. a pool of money for restaurants and a pool of money for micro businesses, that made me really happy because they really pay attention to what we express. And I cannot get the credit, but I, I was really happy because I have been talking about micro businesses like for 10 years now. And, and you know, to see that, like, that change, and they also focus on opportunity zones, minority businesses. And remember, one thing that is important is that you don't need to be certified as minority business for you to apply. Basically, when you apply for the PPP, it's up to you to identify yourself as minority, but we are encouraging people to do that because it's 20 billion that are just focused for minorities, but also because if the government, government see that is a lot of minorities applying for that help, more help will become available or more funds will become available in the near future just for minorities. That's the importance to participate. Yes, so, so definitely. So you, you wanna do that. Um, you know, one thing that you stressed and I think is key because I run into it a lot as well is, you know, you do have to make a profit have made a profit to be eligible for the PPP. So if you didn't, then that's not an option that's available to you at this time. But some No, but if you are a known for profit, you can qualify at this time. But it's right. different. If if right. if you are a known for profit, is a pool of money for known for profits, they can qualify. But if you are a for profit business like many businesses and you claim a loss in 2019, you won't be able to qualify at this time for this specific program. For the other programs, for the EDA, that was not a requirement. For the rent assistance program, that was not a requirement. But the most important thing is call someone that you trust and that you like and ask that person, hey, can you guide me? Can you let me know if I do qualify or not? And they need to figure it out that before March 31st, or until the money lasts. That's right. why we are trying to tell people, do it today. Now, I'm telling people, you know, the relationship is really important, right? When you call me or when you send me an email, I open the email because a lot of the information that you share with me has value for me or for 
people that I know, for business owners that I know. And if I cannot go to one of your events, I can share and somebody can take advantage of that, right? But the most important thing is that you go and, and figure it out with someone that you really uh, trust if you will be able to qualify. That's a really important. Networking, as, as you say, is really important. Has three steps, visibility, credibility, and profitability. And I have been 10 years on this journey and I'm still in credibility. I didn't get to profitability yet. Hopefully <laughs> one day I will be there, but. Okay. So mm -hmm. yeah, so definitely that. Um, you've got the organizations that are out there to help you. Now, another thing that is available once again is the EIDL, which I didn't yes. originally realize that that was available for the Economic Impact Disaster Loan. And that's the best loan you could ever get as a small business owner. Yes. So um, you want to say you can't get it again, but if you didn't get one before, you should look at doing it. Yes. And, and the portion that you receive, for those that already receive it, that was a grant, you can know uh, include it when you apply for the, the um, uh, PPP. And the other good thing is, for example, if you need to prove that the, your income was reduced by 25%. But if, if at that period you receive the PPP last time, you don't need to include that as an income for your business during, during that period in order for you to qualify for the second round. That's other for that reason is I'm just trying to make this easy for people to understand, but reach out to someone who answered. Like in our case, you know, Karina Ojeda, who, who used to work with me at the Intersect Fund, and she was at, around the same time that I was at my previous organization. And now she's part of the community lending. And I have three people. Uh, we are bilingual. Actually, we have another person in, in, in our team. Uh, and we really are here to answer the question. Don't uh, like feel obligated to deal with us. But having someone that can answer the, the phone or the email or a text message telling you this is the way that you can qualify is important. Yes. Okay, and what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to put in the chat a link in, or a, a link to Rising Tide Capital's form um, for assistance yes. with uh, with those types of loans. And then let's see, we also have the Hispanic Chamber. And Rising Tide the... Capital also offers that information in Spanish, in English, and in Spanish too, right? Yes, yes. So mm -hmm. yeah, Fred Fred does the the Spanish language. So, yes. um, and there's no cost. So you can just, you know, you fill out the form, someone will get back to you and schedule an appointment and they can talk specifically about exactly where you are, where your business is, are you they eligible like, for the PPP and how you do it. The, the way that we like, free. <laughs> yes, free. Nobody um, can be free. <laughs> yes, free, free is good. Um, so, so yeah, so we've got that. Now, one other thing that's, uh, interesting about this one is they have a, another program, part of the CARES Act, uh, for businesses that were, you know, you mentioned a little bit that you don't have to have the, the profits on your Schedule C, but mm -hmm. 
but if you were significantly impacted like restaurants and other venues. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that program? Yes. Basically, is if you, I mean, they understand that a couple of industries have been more impacted than others. That's why those that start with 72 will receive more money uh, because they, they was closed for a long time, right? And they right now they are operating at 25%. But um, the most important thing is that the people like approach a financial institution or a, a non-for-profit and figure it out if they qualify or not. That's really important because sometimes people read, like sometimes people come and say, yes, I did claim profit and that was gross income, right? That was no profit. It's line 29. But some other people, they do have K-1, they didn't use that before. Now they can like adjust that income and, and claim a, a higher amount. And for those that receive less than 150,000, the first round, they have less documents to submit compared with those that receive more than 150,000, right? And this time, companies that, are, that have more than 300 employees or that receive more than $2 million are not allowed to participate. For that reason, I do believe that the, the money will last longer, but don't wait until the last minute because you know how that works, right? People will call us on April 1st and say, hey, Andrew, what happened? I thought that I did have time. Said, no, 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 no. The deadline is March 31st or when the money lasts. It's really important that you call the financial institution and figure it out because the way that this works is the bank will provide you the money and wait until the SBA pay the bank for that reason. And the other thing is that you don't need to process the forgiveness portion, but in some cases you will need to register for the forgiveness, right? Before you apply for the new round, you don't need to complete the process, but at least you need to, to uh, initiate the process or register for the forgiveness. It's really important that people understand that is this is free money. If you complete the forgiveness and you get the okay from the financial institution that you receive the money, plus you receive the okay from the SBA. Okay, okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so you wanna definitely do both of those. And when in doubt, apply. And apply early, as Luis is saying. So. Um, you know, you've got this opportunity. Don't let it go to waste. And uh, you got people here who want to see you do it. Uh, we'll support you in the efforts. And, um, you know, the ball's in your court. So, yes. And it's important to understand that, you know, most of the, the financial institutions are doing this, like, through an app that where you need to upload the documents and you need to self provide all the information. Many of our minority business owners, they don't have access to a, a internet through a computer and they will go to Rising Tide or to the chamber with all the documents. Someone will need to scan them in order for them to provide it. Uh, doing, trying to process the application on a cell phone or an iPad is really complicated because the size of the files. That's why nonprofits and uh, these organizations can support you through the process. 
we and and actually the Stanford uh, just released a report. The the difference between those that have a support system are non-for-profit government agencies, chambers of commerce, and those who doesn't have that support system, and that increased like seven times the opportunity to get access to the funds and the resources that are available versus just being a witness and, and just seeing that people are taking advantage of the programs that are available. Okay. Yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, you want to make sure you do that. Um, we've covered a lot of stuff on the financing side. Um, anything else you think we, we need to cover on that side? And then we'll pivot. We'll take a break and pivot to talking a little bit about, you know, how you can leverage organizations to grow your business thank you everybody for joining in tonight as well um you know always enjoy um having great guests like luis and look forward to continuing to um, collaborate as we continue to work for you know helping small business owners minority business owners women business owners veteran business owners grow in the state of new jersey and beyond so thanks again live at 805 and we'll you know, we'll catch you next next week. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.